Praise the Lord. I mean, we are excited. We are excited about our move, about our new building. We have been working hard and uh, lots being going on right now. The painters are painting, the electricians are working, the uh, floor's been cleaned. Three days cleaning the kitchen, it's done. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, there's some amazing things going on and the Lord has uh, really, you just don't know how blessed we are yet. And uh, we are blessed of the Lord. So we're moving into a wonderful new neighborhood and there's a wonderful little neighborhood behind this church that we hope to go into well we're going we've already interacted with a lot of the people that live in that neighborhood just in being there and working in the building every day so we are excited about the move uh we're planning to be there for church next sunday, next sunday. so it's you know it's not far it's right over on greensboro if you hadn't spotted it already it's right across from behind academy there's a hotel called the uh Spring Hill Suites, and it's right across, directly across the street. There's a little Nazarene church there, a little brick church, and we are in the back half of the building. And we are moving the signs. Joey's going to come and take the signs down off this building, I think, tomorrow the next day, and we're going to be moving our signs. And uh, we're moving a lot of stuff already. We've moved desks, and we've moved chairs, and we've moved the storage building, and a lot of boxes. And so there's a big move coming in more ways than one not just in the physical move but the lord is really moving so we're excited and we know you're going to love it there and we're going to grow he's already told us we're going to double and we believe that we see it coming and we're trusting the lord for every all it takes to make that happen so he is uh, he's going to accomplish a great work in uh, in this church you're a strong people and uh, he knows it and he's going to use us so I thank you for all that you've contributed and all that's coming. You, uh, you know, just get excited. We just need to be excited and we need to step out there and do what the Lord's brought us to do and what He's trained us up to do. So, praise God. We love you. And we are just looking forward to all of that this, this is about. So, and He's opened so many doors to make this happen. I mean, He showed us the building. He's opened the door and the people were welcoming. They're excited for us to be there in this building and to come in there. We've gone in. The building is 100 years old. Parts of it are 100 years old. It's been there a long time. So a lot of the part we're in is 100 years old, I think. And, and a lot of it looks 100 years old. So there's been a lot of work. We've, we've done a lot of work and we've hired a lot of work. So <clears throat> there's still a lot to be done. Uh, it won't all be done when we get there next week. So. Um, going forward there's still a lot of remodeling and things to be done so <clears throat> if anybody wants to help <laughs> you don't have to but uh, we're not turning it away so anyway um, it's going to be marvelous it's going to be glorious so the Lord has orchestrated the whole deal so you know it has to be perfect alright so we're going to read a couple testimonies this morning um, this one reads yesterday I was visiting with my sister and her daughter-in-law and mentioned that she was going to the chiropractor because her hips were out of alignment and her stomach muscles were separated as a result of having four children in a little over five years. That's a lot. And I said, well, sit down and I'll pray for you right now. And I'm used to ministering to people as I have been part of a healing room ministry for the past six years, something we want to be more a part of. So I took her feet in my hands and noticed that her left leg was about th half to three quarters of an inch shorter. 
I prayed for her healing and for the love of God to fill her and her leg grew out. Now we, we have seen that in this church even. Um, and then I prayed for her stomach muscles to be healed. I heard Chris Gore share a testimony on Friday night about how a man was healed in Texas when he prayed for him. She started crying and said, I feel it, I feel it. It was the most incredible moment to watch God's, to watch God's love at work. I prayed for people for years now in the healing rooms, but this was the first time I was part of an instant healing with the Holy Spirit at work. She went to her chiropractor appointment about a half an hour later, and when she returned, she excitedly reported that the chiropractor said that there was nothing she could do for her as everything was in great shape. Praise God. Later on that evening, she texted me and said, I have never been prayed for like that before. I felt like you completely believed I would be healed before you started praying, and I believed and really felt it, and it was incredible. God is so good. He is good, and He'll do it for each of us. This one reads, In April of 2017, my right heel and leg was cut by a piece of sheet metal from a new range hood while we were in the midst of remodeling our kitchen. It cut loose, it cut close to my Achilles, and it had been a long recovery. That is a very serious injury in that area. Lots of scar tissue developed around that area and around some tendons and made walking very painful. After months of physical therapy, it was recommended that I pursue surgery to clean out the scar tissue. I've also been dealing with some OCD-related depression and anxiety. I've been off and on medication for the last eight years, and I've tried many holistic means of curing it, including counseling, diet, exercise, and supplements, but the medicine is the only thing that helps right now, and I've currently started the medicine again and waiting for the effects to kick in. I'm also working with a naturopath, I don't know what that is, to help me get to the root of the issue. I don't remember if it was January the 14th or the 21st, but that evening, I was scrolling through Facebook while playing cards with my family, and I tuned to Bethel's TV's Facebook Live, and within about 30 seconds of tuning in, I heard Bill Johnson give a word of knowledge for someone who had a right ankle injury that happened a while ago, and it involved the tendons. I could hardly believe my ears. I didn't see any improvement that night, but I just decided to trust God because it was too specific for it to be a coincidence. The next day, I went for a walk with my girls and the dog. Normally, I would only go a block and have to go home with pain. But after we walked around two blocks and we returned home, I realized my foot didn't hurt. Every now and then, there is still some slight pain, but I'd say it's about 80 to 90% better, and the swelling has gone down a lot. The healing of my foot is an encouragement to me as if God is willing to heal my leg and foot and ankle, He also intends to heal the rest of me. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. We want to put the supernatural in every service. We want to hear about it because get numbed by the natural. Especially if you're in the medical field or something like that, you just get, it's so, uh, it just seems so impossible. Did y'all enjoy the no words this morning? All, all, I... I don't like the words because we just start reading. We just start reading the words instead of worshiping God. And this morning, through uh, 
through a hundred and thirty-eight thousand wires that had to be pulled out of the sound booth this week. Two of them got pulled that shouldn't have been. We did it. We did connect a couple back and got sound, but uh, that's as good as it got, y'all. Amen. There's monitors down everywhere. We kept the path from here to the front door kind of normal, but if you open any door, you'll see there's uh, it's different. Uh, if y'all want to help us paint this week or anything like that, we got a lot. Listen, we went in and asked them for the big room, which is uh, about this wide and five feet longer, plus the kitchen, 10-foot kitchen, it's just, and then a big table room. So it's just a great space. We put up a pallet wall, got that put up. It's four feet wider than this. It's beautiful. It just, it's, it's really nice. And uh, it's just awesome. It's, I mean, y'all, you got to get in faith to see it. I didn't say it was Taj Mahal. I just said for where we, God's got us, it's awesome. Um, we had a paid, a prepaid month this month. Come to find out the contract said we paid first and last month when we moved in here six months, six years ago. So this month was, no, it wasn't free, but it was already paid. So we had $3,850 that we just, uh, we just said, hey, painter. Go paint. We'll pay out of our rent. So, amen. So, but uh, we've been working really, really hard, early to late every day. And if y'all have a day off or a day loose, well, we'd appreciate it if you wanted to give it. There's uh, lots of paint to do. But what I was going to say is we asked them for that room, this big room, and we asked them for uh, uh, two two classes, one for nursery and one for children's church. And as it because all of them were full of garage sale stuff, they'd had a big yard sale in the church. And uh, whatever didn't sell, which was more than most people would ever have to sell at the beginning, what was left over, they just piled it in these rooms and said, we'll have another one next month. And that was two years ago, and it's just terrible. Well, favor, favor, these two young men, they just said, we'll just take care of it. And they moved all this stuff out. There's a lot of stuff. And you know, I, I saw them go, there's two little rooms inside, behind their baptistry. I think that's where it ended up. So, bless their hearts. Hallelujah. So we got, uh, so we got five rooms. Big room. Is it five rooms? Yeah, I think we got five rooms. So we've already cleaned all the carpet in those. Uh, the painter is just about finished with the what we call the auditorium. It's to them, it's a fellowship hall, but we're taking all the signs down. And bless their hearts, they'll never even know what happened. They since they. Since uh, since I talked to them last Sunday, they'll never even know what hit them. These, I asked the young men, I said, will the older people come back here? Because they're all pretty elderly. Well, not really. Some of them are just 60. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it's an older congregation. but uh, And they sing, uh, they sing Southern Gospel. And I said, uh, uh, Mike and Cecil, what's Southern Gospel? I don't even know what that is. And he said, it's Gaither. And I said, is that like... Uh, the, the Statler Brothers. I said, I know, you know, don't tell me I don't not, got nothing to do. I know that song. And, uh, and I said, yeah, Statler Brothers. So they, they doodle-doodle-doo. And uh, so anyway, they're going to have their music. We're going to have ours. But we've got five rooms, pretty good-sized rooms, and it's going to work. It's just going to work. And uh, to, the, to, to give you the whole history about them, that uh, five years ago they were going to move out because they were so small and uh, it's paid for and it's like 
they're going to move out because it's so small. We're not even paid for it. We're not moving out. But they said uh, the association told them to stay put for a, for a little while. So they're they're wanting to move to Northport. So there's no telling. I'm just saying there's no telling what the Lord has. But our first step is to move in. And I told y'all we're moving in for we're paying the utilities and a hundred dollars a week. Well, we're already paying the utilities. We're already paying utilities here. So there'll be, I guess there'll be more utilities, but we're already paying utilities, a hundred dollars. Don't tell, yeah, don't, yeah, we're not telling them. They're asking, what are y'all paying over there? Because I think there's like, where y'all getting all this money? We're paying out of the rent fund for one month. I don't know, I'm just telling you we're blessed. Just come, just come and let, and see what God does. You know, we don't care about a building so much except it helps the gospel. The gospel is the only thing that we care about. It's not that we care about a building, but I will tell you we're in a real church. It's got it's got it's got windows that are crinkly and colored. Doesn't have a steeple, but it's got it's a real church. Y'all been wanting a real church? Got you in a real church here. Now we're in the fellowship hall part of it, but uh, I think you'll like it. Uh, yesterday they put a radio in the in the auditorium and turned it up all it would go, and then went over to Brother Ray's Sunday school class. He's a he's an older gentleman that's been there since 1846 or something. And he, he runs it. He runs it. Uh, 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 when I was there visiting with him, uh, I said something to the pastor. And he spoke up and says, We don't let our preacher touch the money. So, yeah. So it's a little, it's a little stiff over there. We don't, we don't let the preacher do nothing over there. Hallelujah. Y'all let the preacher do something over here, don't you? I, I ran the carpet cleaner yesterday. That'd be all right with y'all if I keep running that thing until we get through Amen. We we hung the pallet wall. The pallet wall is beautiful. It's just it's just marvelous. And we're putting an ecobee in there, which is a uh, thermostat that we can program. We can uh, run it from a smartphone, so we don't even have to go up there and turn on the. Anyway, it's real good. It's real good. It is old. It is old. The walls, the, all the walls are this thick. All the doors are this wide. I'm serious. We we took the couch out of my office. And we took off the legs, we took off the frame, we took off everything. It, we saw that man coming with the skill saw, we put it back in the truck and took it home. <laughs> it would not go. Stuff is just, it's 32 inch doors. And, and the angles are at four foot haul. So if you do get it in the door, you can't turn to get anything in because it's four foot haul. Anyway, lots of little details, lots of little peculiarities uh, about that. So if you'd like to paint or anything else, you can help us. We've got to move all this stuff this week. Everything's got to go, you know, like uh, Union Brothers. You know, everything must go. That's how we are. Everything must go. I want to read y'all something. The Lord is really helping us. Let me get uh, this came this morning. I wanted y'all to hear it. A friend texted me this, and I want you to get, I want you to make some declarations with me or, or in your heart. This This came to me. I have decided just how it's going to be by taking every promise personally. I've decided to mix faith with what God has said. I've decided to trust and I have and be led. I have decided the giants will fall. I have authority over them one and all. I have decided I'm seeing this through. After all, hasn't he empowered me to? I've decided to do all that he, he said. I'm following my heart, not with my head. I have decided I'll see his goodness in the land of the living. The devil won't take one inch, nor one inch am I giving. I've decided, and so shall it be, 
because life or death, he gave the choice to me. That was Kristen West. Kristen West got the, she gets these downloads from the Lord. And so, uh, and then uh, Pastor West prophesied this over us. He said, everything is yes, turning out amazing today and is working in your favor as I see favor being super abundantly poured out over River Church. Don't take an umbrella as you will enjoy being drenched with his goodness. Good, good. Now here's my last thing from them. It's a little sign. And it says, Noah looked like an idiot until it started to rain. Keep on building. Y'all, we're going to go forward. A key that he gave me this week was, I was sharing it with Joy and Pam last night, is that yeah, there's no law of averages in living. You have to live every day. If you ever quit one day, you don't get any more days. If you die, you're gone. You don't get to say, well, it's not fair because I'm just 20 or I'm, uh, I was healthy for all these years and now one little disease or one little sickness got me or one accident or whatever. You have to live every day. Every day you have to push every day through. Y'all get that? Every day you have to push it through. So if you get to the edge, if you get to the edge of your physical body or your spiritual life, and then the devil just comes by. You ever been bumped by someone sitting by the, standing by the edge of the pool and someone by, just came by and just bumped you? And you start teetering, teetering, and then you go in? That's what happens to a lot of people. They're living on the edge. Stay strong, church. Stay strong. Amen? We're going to receive our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. So if you're giving this morning, you'll need an envelope. we got several ushers this morning, but we're just going to use our old tried and true. Hallelujah. Well, he's not old. He's just tried and true. Amen. Oh, he's old. Okay. Uh, let me read you a scripture. Don't turn there, but let me just refresh you this morning. Because we know this scripture. The scripture says in Philippians 4, what does it say? My, uh, Excuse me, verse 13, uh, verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Everybody knows that. Everybody quotes that. Everybody claims that. But the context, and everything is based on context. You can take two scriptures out of context. One of them is uh, 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 Judas went and hung himself. And then another scripture is go and do likewise. You can take them out of context and you can have a hard weekend. Uh, the context of here is, is where Paul was talking to the Philippians that had given to him when nobody else would give. And Paul said, because you've sacrificially given. You've given when you didn't have as much as the people that you were giving to. My God shall supply all of your need. So he's not just going to supply your need just because you can read. Just because you, you, uh, you, you believe in God. It's because we are sacrificially giving all the time. So that's what we're doing. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we entered your gates with thanksgiving. We come into your courts with praise. It is exciting to give to you. Love can't help itself. It just gives. Lord, we love you. We love your kingdom. We love what you're doing in our lives. We love the things that you promised us about heaven and even the road to it from here. Lord, it's just marvelous. And you're wonderful. You're amazing. You're great. 
You are merciful. You are generous. You are beautiful. Oh, Lord, you are just glorious. And Lord, we just could go on and on. But Lord, we also say we're giving to you out of our physical man, out of our physical life. Lord, we release our life to you in every realm, thanking you for caring for us. Lord, it's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And Lord, it's our good pleasure to receive it. We do so. We call our needs met. You supply them all. We call everything coming to pass according to your word and that everything indeed is turning out amazing in our lives because of Jesus. And we give you thanks. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Hallelujah. Noah looked like an idiot until it started to rain. I'm not confessing we look like idiots, but it is about to rain. And it's going to be good to have a boat built. You know, that's all we're doing is we're getting ready for a harvest. We're getting ready for anybody here looking for revival in your own hearts and across the land. I am. And we have to live every day. We have to survive so that we can be here to thrive. River Church has to keep the seed of revival pumped up, vibrant, strong in Tuscaloosa. We cannot quit. We cannot cease. We cannot turn just because of a day or a week or a year that didn't look as good as other ones or didn't get measured right. We have to stay here till the end. So we are. So not only are we just surviving, we're thriving. I'm telling you, we're excited about this new property, not because of the property. It's just a building. The air conditioner, I hope, works better than this one, but that's not the point. The point is, is that we're on a path and He's leading us. And wherever the Lord, whenever the Lord is leading you, He's taking you somewhere good. He hadn't forgotten you. He's not mad at you. He, you're not forsaken. Whenever He's leading you, He's leading you through a wilderness or through a tough time to the other side. They went to the land of promise through the wilderness, and it was a tough go, but then it all turned out amazing. And so we are. I'm so excited about it. And I want to thank you for going with us and being the way that we can go. It's amazing. Amen. Now, we don't have Children's Church this morning because there is no place to put you. We're, it is stacked up and, and uh, everything back there. We, we, just, we spent this uh, Rob Lee, Pamela's son, and uh, Rob Lee's and, and Pamela's grandson yeah son and grandson they helped me this week and we did load us some stuff and we did teach some boys how to load a desk and how to stack a box and how to how to rip stuff off the walls amen so thank you for bearing with us today if you would turn in your bible with me to the book of john chapter 10 i've got a message that i preached at jemison a wednesday week ago and i'd never i'd never ministered this message and i want to it's changed some since then, hallelujah. So let's let's look at this this morning. I believe it's a real important word for all of us and that you're going to uh, change your mind. Praise God this morning. I want to change my mind. I want to change my mind. I do. I am not happy with how I think. I think better than I've ever thought. I'm doing better than I've ever done. I'm not backslid. I'm not reprobate. I am not... Uh, 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 there is not evil in my mind, but still, even then, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ, which is not up here. The mind of Christ is down here. So until I'm accessing my life from down in here, 
I'm going to have faulty stuff, weird stuff, things that don't, you know, that's, that's based on fear, based on need, based on emotions, not based on the word. So I'm transferring, are y'all transitioning from this to this? I'm renewing my mind. I'm changing my mind and, and I'm working stuff out of my mind, little fears, little intimidations, experiences from my past. Uh, I don't like electricity because one time I worked at an ice house and I grabbed a conveyor belt and I was pulling it out and I backed into a pool of water and just shocked the fool out of me. I don't have any fool in me anymore because it shocked all the fool out of me. But I do not like to touch power. The other day we were in here and then we were taking the shed off Monday when it was raining cats and dogs and I couldn't get the wires out of the box and I wasn't going to touch anything. So I called the electrician. I don't know what he was going to charge me, but uh, uh, we got it done without him, but I don't mess with electricity. Well, see, that's a weakness. You got anything in your life that you're afraid of or that you don't mess with because you can point to somebody or something? Well, you got to deal with that. I said, you got to deal with it. I, you know, I could have stuck my finger in there and took a chance, but I didn't feel led. <laughs> So I just asked the Lord to help me, and He did. So, but uh, there's other things that are in all of our lives. Everybody's everybody's got a preacher, a elder, a deacon, or just a Christian that's burned them. All of us do. We've all been burned. We all have a story. Don't tell me your story. I got a story that'll top your story. And you and you think you got a good one? I got a better one. I've been burned by the best. But it doesn't matter. Jesus has never burned me. So I just keep serving him instead of all these diddly-doos, you know, I just go after him. So in that mind of changing your mind, that's why we're here this morning. We lift up our hands, we, we sing songs that we thought we knew, and I don't know if y'all knew all those words, but I was saying, if I did not, I just said, Jesus, I love you, Jesus, I love you, until we got to a line I knew. <laughs> you know, you can always worship God. You don't have to have anything guide you. Um, we're renewing our mind. But here's a, here's a principle, that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is your and my responsibility to access. Well, my church didn't teach me that. You got one of these? Read it. Dig it out. Meditate on it. Ask somebody. Tell somebody, I need help. Explain this. Ask Holy Spirit, what does that mean? It's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to access the Word of God. Point to yourself and say, it's yours. It's yours. It's not the preacher. Now, we're going to help. We're going to, you know, the Lord, what the Lord will do with the pastor is stuff that you get stuck with during the week, just you and the Lord, or somebody does something to you and you don't get that. Invariably, if you'll go to God and say, I need help with that, it'll come up on Sunday. It'll, or it'll come up in the scriptures. You'll just open it up and there's the answer right there. He is faithful to unravel. But if you don't go to church, if you don't have other counsel, if you don't have another witness, then you're going to think what you think is right. And it's not always right. I don't even like what I used to believe. How can I? I'm so glad I didn't put out books and tapes back then that people have. Because I don't even believe some of that stuff. I don't. We used to have worship teams and we had all sorts of rules and we had ushers and we had usher meetings and did all sorts of stuff. We could have been advancing the kingdom instead. We were doing this other mess, whatever. But it's over now, we're, we're moving forward. So 
The, the gospel is simple. I'm going to say it again. The gospel is simple. It's so simple. But it's so simple that it's hidden. It's so simple that the complicated, the religious, the, the, the usurpers, all the people that just want to play with God, play with church, try to impress people, I'm around them all the time to try to impress people, especially if they find out I'm a minister, a pastor. Well, I used to teach this or go there, or I used to know this. You know, they just start pouring out. Um, it's hidden to them. This gospel that is so simple is hidden to the religious. So you'll know that if it's working for you, if you're getting something out of this, that you're not religious. If you understand what I'm saying to you this morning and every other message, you go, you know, God's got a pipeline. He's piping it into me, and it's so good. This thing is powerful. The Word of God is powerful. You can fix anything with this Word. Anything. Everything falls under the Word of God, but it is limited, only one limitation, my willingness to see it and to have it. If I'm not interested, this thing that's so powerful will go right by me like a railroad track next to another railroad track they'll never touch. Right there. So, there's principles in here, and I'm always looking for the principles. I'm a principle guy. I, I don't just want to say, don't do this and don't do that, and you ought to do this. We have plenty of that. But I want to go by principles so that no matter what I face, and you face a lot, you can plug that into a principle and you'll say, I know how to fix this. I know how to handle this because I know the principle. And here's a principle that the Lord showed me is that everything in your life is measured by your connections, by your partners, by your liaisons. Everything in your life. I know you think it's because you tithe. It's not the tithe. There's a lot there. It's powerful. I know you might think it's your confession. You might be because of the way you pray. It might be that you can cast out devils better than the guy next to you. But actually, our life is measured ultimately by who you connect to. And this is real hard on the lone rangers. This is real hard on the loners that don't need anybody. I don't need anybody. I don't like to be around people. I don't. You're you're at the back of the line. There's personalities that have. You go on Facebook and they have 7,000 friends. Actually, they might have two. But that word friends is just kind of thrown around like love. It doesn't mean a lot, but it means everything to some people. I don't have very many friends on my Facebook. The other day, somebody asked me if, you know, if they could be my friend, and I, I, I didn't even know them. I, I don't even like all the friends I have, much less someone I don't even know. I don't... How'd these people get to be my friends? They say they're friends. I must have clicked the button when they asked me something or something. I'm dangerous on Facebook. I'm, I'm, I, I click and then ask. You ought to ask and then click. And I've, I've learned a lot. But you can't hardly unfriend them without hurting their feelings. So I'm stuck with them. They're stuck with me. So I'm going to talk to you just a little bit about this. And I'm gonna, one thing I want you to know is I'm, gonna, I'm going to make the case for what I'm about to present to you but I don't want you to get hung up on how I make the case and miss the point. Get the principle, even if I fumble and stumble over how this thing works, how it is proven in the Word, don't say, well, I don't really agree with that. That was really somebody else that did that. Get the point and, and don't uh, get tied up in this. Look in, in chapter 10, look in our favorite verse, verse 10. Jesus, the Lord Jesus said, The thief cometh not 
but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly or have it to the full, have it to overflow. So the thief, the embezzler, comes not but to klepto, to steal, to kill, which is the word slaughter, and to destroy, which is to make something useless. To destroy doesn't mean that you annihilate it into nothing. It just means that you render it impotent. You render it helpless. You render it weak. You render it unfit for use. Y'all know those people? <laughs> Have you been one of those people? You're standing there, you're breathing the same air the guy next to you is. You, you love God just like they do. And they're just tearing it up. They're just going into the kingdom. They're praying prayers that's answering. They're sowing seeds where they should. They're getting it done. And there you are. There I am. Just sitting there like, well, here, I got seed. And here, I could do that. And nothing's happening. We have to link up. We have to hook up with people that God can use to change or transform or multiply our life. The devil comes. Listen to me. The devil comes to steal. What does he come to steal? He's a smart devil. He comes to steal what's essential in your life. He doesn't want your pocket change. He wants to gut you. Steal, kill, and destroy are three very powerful words. They're the most uh, 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 military or uh, uh, dramatic words that could be used. He's very. The devil is very dramatic. He didn't come to... to uh, to, uh, to, to just pick your pocket. He came to disembowel us, to completely kill us, to murder us, to take us off the, off the market, as it were. And so he's come to take what's essential. So we can look at what he's after, and we can find out what's essential in your life. What's important in your life? Well, uh, how many friends I have on Facebook is important in my life. Well, is that what the devil's come to take from you? If he didn't, if you can get friends on Facebook for just click, 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 then that must not be important in your life. It must not be essential. Amen? But now if he comes to take your tithe, and he's always messing with your tithe, that must be important. If he comes on Sunday morning to take you out of church, that may be an essential in your life. Are y'all getting this? He's come to steal what's, in, what's essential what will take you out of, of business. He's come to take the little pin out or the little gear out in the great vast uh, uh, complexity of your life so that nothing runs. He's not, he's, he's, he's behind the scenes. So, uh, uh, we have to live our lives every day. We have to every day stay on top of it. And to do that, you need somebody. Point to yourself and say, get somebody in your life. Now, a lot of people don't want nobody. They get, we slow them down. When they get us, we slow them down. It's like, ah, I could do this so much better without them. Have you ever hired somebody and you just, you know, and you had to stay with them? It takes one to run one is what we always say. You know, you hire someone to uh, build a fence or something, but you're having to go out there and fix it. Well, no, that's not right. That's not how you do this. It's, and it's like it takes one to run one. When I was farming, if you had a hand or a, a person, a laborer, if it took you to run them, you just, well, do it yourself and send them to the house. Well, sometimes our friends or our alliances 
that's who they are. It takes all of your life to live your life and they can't help you. But in Ecclesiastes, if you turn, it's just east of, of uh, Proverbs. Ecclesiastes. I want you to look at this in the Bible and see if the devil hasn't come to steal this out of your life, to kill this out of your life, to destroy this out of your life. And if he has, then you can deem that this is important. And I'm telling you, it's essential. It's just a, it's a must have in your life is to have the thing you don't want in your life is to have somebody. I'm not talking about somebody that's down the street and you you, you really enjoy uh, trading recipes with or someone that you, that you uh, knit with or whatever. I'm talking about having somebody in your life that knows you and goes into your life. And not, not necessarily your spouse. Sometimes your, your spouse should be your best friend. It just, it just wipes me out when people say, uh, well, do you like my little dog? That's my best friend. And you know, the wife is standing right there. Something's wrong here. Y'all know something's wrong? That dog is gonna be gone in less than 16 years. That dog cannot drive. That, now I have seen that commercial where the dog opens the refrigerator door, no, it's a movie, and uh, gets the beer out and then uh, and, and, and opens it and takes it to his master. That, good dog. <laughs> but you never have had a good dog like that. Besides, you don't drink beer. Ecclesiastes 4. Look what the Bible says. Verse 9. Two are better than one. Say it with me. Two are better than one. Now that makes sense. You know everybody knows one and one is two. But there's more to it than that. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, and you know everybody falls, You have a lot of good days, but not every day is a good day. If, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him, that's a strong word, woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Now this goes back to what I said. You have to get up every day. When you become weak, when you fall, you fail, I'm not talking about falling physically, I'm talking about when you go into, if you have depression, or you lose your job, or you get something and you're in the hospital, when something comes against you to take you out, you have to have someone get you through. Because if you ever stop, it's over. You don't get, you know, two free passes or, or the, uh, can I call a friend, whatever that game was. You have to get through every day. It's like the spare tire. Who needs a spare? Let's let's put cookies back there and take the spare out and put it in the garage. We don't need a spare very often. When's the last time you needed a spare tire? But when you need it in the Mojave Desert, oh, it's handy to throw them that you kept those cookies out. We don't need a friend often, probably more than we think, but they're a lifesaver when you do. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? It's not talking there about freezing to death. It's talking about going forward. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And here it is, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 32, please. This is Old Testament, Deuteronomy 32. Now, the gospel is simple. 
It's so straight up. It's up front, and it's so simple. You can miss it real easy because it is so simple. Everybody wants a complicated gospel. Everybody wants a list of things to do. Now, God, if you'll just tell me what to do so I can work the list. I am a list worker. Give me a list. I am the happiest boy in the room because I can work that list. And when I'm done, then I can sit down and I'm happy. I'm just happy. I did the list and now I'm through. But God's not giving lists. He moves in our heart, doesn't he? He gives you rest when it's still going all around. I told Deborah Ann, I said, uh, this moving of this church, we will never finish. We just have to quit every day. You just got to walk. You all know what that means? You just walk away from it because it's time to walk away. No, you could do more. Well, yeah, but that's life in itself. You could read more scripture. Why don't you read more scripture? Because you can't do it all the time. Why don't you pray more? Well, we could pray more. We should pray more, don't y'all think? Y'all all feel convicted? We could and we should, but there's a time where you just say, you know, I could pray this all the time, and you just end it. Same thing with your life. Uh, Deuteronomy 32, look in verse 30. Here's a key. Wow, what a key. It's hidden. It's the, 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 the foolish never have seen it. How should one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight, except their rock had sold them, the rock being Jesus, and the Lord had shut them up. How should one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight? So here's the exponential. Here's something that's hidden in the word that makes having a friend or a confidant or a connection so powerful to you and me. When we'd rather do it alone, and I'm one who would rather do it alone, I had me two helpers yesterday, and the day before, well, the day before I had Rob Lee, but I'd rather do it alone. I think faster, I can turn it better, I don't have to say no, 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 no. And I don't have to say, we already talked about this yesterday and today, and I don't have to say, what is it y'all don't get about this? All those things that go through adults working with young people, I mean, it's just natural, but I can't do it all. So we had to do this training. And at the end of it, they were smart, they were quick, they were, it worked. Here the Bible says that one can put a thousand to flight. But here's the problem. 10,000 are coming at you. Did you hear me? 1,000, if you can handle them by yourself. I can handle a thousand of these demons, these devils, this trouble. But 10,000 have been sent against you. So you got 9,000 coming over the wall and you are shooting one arrow at a time. You are shooting one gun at a time. You are, you are, you are uh, rebuking one devil at a time. You are standing, having done all to stand, one devil, one disease, one, one financial thing at a time. And they're coming over the wall and they're overwhelming us. But the Bible says if you have two, you stand back to back. You can take care of every every one of the 10,000. Could I have a better amen? And you go, well, that's that seems a little crazy. The physics of the kingdom are not the physics of this world. Quantum physics are completely out of the realm of the natural. Uh, it's two miles over there. It'll take us two miles to get over there. The kingdom is so advanced that actually the Bible says of Philip that when he left from baptizing the eunuch, that he was immediately translated to Azotus. 
he suddenly was in another place. That's what this is talking about. Getting a supernatural on your natural and changing your life. In Matthew chapter 18, would you turn there with me, please? We need somebody. There are lots of trouble. Oh, there are lots of trouble. And sometimes they got more troubles than you want to handle on your own, much less theirs too. But you need somebody. <clears throat> the sound system's not working good today. You need somebody. And sometimes you've got somebody, but they're not with you. In other words, the lights are on, but nobody's home. They're not tuned in spiritually. My ministry, my mission, my desire in this life is to minister to men. I love men. I think men are the key to so much in our culture, in our society. And if you fix the man, you've fixed everything. If you fix the kids, you fix the wife, you still got stuff going on. But if you fix the man, they've proven statistically that 96% of all children will go to church if the father will go to church. And only 45% of children want to go to church if mama leads them to church. If daddy says, let's go, everybody's in. And so I love to minister to men and get the man straight, get the man right. But if he's not right, he's there, he's bringing home a check, he's mowing the grass. He's, uh, you know, he's doing what men do around the house and in the, in the, in the, minister, in the marriage. But if he's absent to connect with her, you still just have a thousand being pushed back. Good girl. Good girl. She's in there. She's pounding it. She's, she's taking care of all she can. And he's there. And he's got the mister on the front of his name. But he's not there. And nothing's happening. And so troubles come over the wall. Trouble. Situations. Crisis comes. What are we going to do? We just got out of this, and now we're facing this, and look what that is down the road. And none of it is necessary, none of it is kingdom. It's not God's plan. It's not God's plan. Now, you don't have to have, be married to this, but you can't be by yourself. You've got to have somebody, and here's the key. God's got somebody. He didn't make you be alone in the sense of this. He's got somebody, but you have to open your heart to it and say, I'm ready for him to show me who it is. It's a good thing to be in a local church. Because this is where you are. You don't, when, you want, when you want to get married, you don't go to the bar, you go to church. <laughs> Did y'all say amen? You don't go to the bar, you go to church. Because you're going to pick up something at the bar <laughs> besides the tab. <laughs> and she may not be what you want. Hallelujah. It says in Matthew 18, 19, two is better than one. That's all we're saying here. Two is better than one. And again, I say to you, verse 19, that if two of you shall agree on earth, agree on earth, agree on, if two shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done. That shall is a big word in the, in the Greek. It's an absolute word. It's a finished word. It shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. How many does it take? It takes two. Did y'all see this? He didn't say, well, you, you are a believer. You're blood-bought. You, you're born again. You're a child of God. You just take care of it. Jesus said if two will get in there, it can't even wiggle or wobble. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there 
there I am in the midst of them. Now, why would he say that? Why wouldn't he just say, if anybody just shows up, one person, and I'll be in the midst of them. Of course, he never leaves us or forsakes us. Of course, the Holy Ghost is inside of us. But if two can agree, now listen, listen, people don't agree. The only thing we all agree on is that we don't all agree on. We, we just, like I said a while ago, I don't even agree on what I used to preach, some of it. Well, I've been, I'm the blood of Jesus, the virgin, I'm all in there. I don't have a new doctrine. I'm just saying some things I used to say, this is how you pray. That's not it. Here's how you pray. Or here's how you hit the mountain. I'm just talking about nuances and adjustments that I've made. How about you? Are y'all growing up too? Yay, we are. And so uh, here he says, if two of you can agree, so it's going to take some consideration. It's going to take some melting in. It's going to take some adjusting. It's going to take some working out where you say, well, that's, that's not how I see it. Well, this is how I see it. But, and you work it out. We've been married six months. And, you know, I, I've been here every Sunday practically, except when I went to Montana for a few days or whatever. But, uh, you know, we're just working stuff out. There's a, you, you, it may have been a long time since you got married. It hadn't been that long for me. And there's a lot to work out. I like the girl. She's just, she's fine. She's wonderful. She's amazing. And she pretty much likes me. Tolerate is the word I, I mostly get. Tolerate. And, but there's a lot to work out. Well, when you go to get the kingdom advance, it's a big deal. Because it's a real devil. And he really hates you because you're a child of the king who he despises who whooped him from pillar to post that took him out and then embarrassed him in front of his whole little kingdom. And he hates him with a vengeance. He is really offended. And the only way he can whip anybody is, you know, like like uh, the, the husband that goes out the door with a fight with his wife, all he can do is kick the cat on the way out. Poor cat. Well, the devil kicks you and me because of a grudge that he has with Jesus. And so it's real. And you're going to have to defend yourself because you've got to get through every day. You can't, you can't lose one day. Well, we made 9,000 of them, but we lost one day. You died that day. And if you die, you can't go another day. You have to make every... There's no uh, what we call jerky backs. You ever played cards and you put your card down, then you realize that's... You try to jerky back and they all say, no jerky backs. No jerky backs. <laughs> <laughs> there's no jerky backs you got to live you got to make it every day and the way we do that the way we do that y'all know some people they get into depression and they were strong Christians they were strong for the Lord but something happened and they went under and they never came back they're everywhere matter of fact most of this town is born again most of them I'd say over 50% is born again where are they? They're backslid. They didn't make it through every day. They made it through a lot of days, but they didn't make it through every day. The devil put them under. He stole. He killed. He destroyed. And they might be physically alive. They might be physically breathing and all that, but they're gone. They're AWOL for the kingdom. So what happened? They, the word destroy means to make useless. They were taken off the front line. They were taken out of service, and they are of no good to the kingdom of God even though they're still here. So let's go on here. It says, uh, 
in Amplified, it says, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, look at this, harmonize together, make a symphony together. Everybody knows when you listen to an orchestra when somebody is off tune or plays the piano or whatever. We can hear it. It's like there's a thousand instruments out there. You can hear that guy. He's blowing with his finger on the wrong button. Amen. Well, it's that way in the kingdom. I tell you, if two of you on the earth agree about whatever, anything and everything they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. How are you going to get your prayers answered? Well, I just have me a little prayer chain, and I just send it out on Facebook or whatever, Twitter or whatever, and I got all these people on my downline or on my friend list or whatever you call it. I am so not in that, so I don't know. But you know. That means nothing. Prayer chains mean nothing. I'm talking about, you know, nothing. However many you got praying, it matters none. What matters, and people say, well, I had a prayer chain, and boy, howdy, the Lord moved. It's because somebody, somebody, one person or two, came in and came into agreement. And they made it happen, and the whole lot of them got the credit for it. But that's all that happened. I'm going to show you in the Word. Hallelujah. I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and everything they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. So here we have the principle that agreement is the place of power. Say it with me. Agreement is the place of power. Now, we used to teach and have the implication that just believing is the place of power. If you can move the mountain, because Jesus said, if you'll say to the mountain, be removed. But here he's fine-tuning and saying, you got an issue and you're a little wobbly on it? You got, you got a prognosis against your body? They're saying, we don't know what that is, but we've seen it before and it didn't go well. Boy, that works on your mind. You don't know what to do. You don't know how, you can't speak to the mountain when you're under that kind of power. If you were able to speak to the mountain, you would have spoke to it a month ago when you had symptoms. You would have said, bless God, I feel that. I'm not taking that. Go in Jesus' name. But instead, we let it pass. We just let it sit there and work and say, I don't want to go to the doctor because I don't want to know. So we go a little longer. Am I talking to anybody this morning? And so then we go to the doctor and we're just afraid. We're shaking. We're just like, and he comes in and says, well, man, let me tell you what's going on. And right there, we're frozen. No faith. No idea what's going to happen. Am I going to live or am I going to die? Will I not see my grand sugars? Will I not be able to this, that, and the other? It's a terrible place to be. But if you got somebody in your life that doesn't have a prognosis, that doesn't have an issue facing them, and you call Lulu and say, darling, here's what I'm feeling in my body. And Lulu says, I'm feeling fine today. I just got up from Bible study. I just got through with James. And let me just tell you what we're fixing to do. And she gets in there with you and you hook up and you agree, you harmonize, you make a symphony and you put that thing on the run. Then you who have the prognosis, you go, yeah, yeah. Greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. Yeah, he sent his word and healed me and delivered me from destruction. And you rise up. Are y'all here? You rise up. Now it's good to come to church and to hear the word and get strengthened. But when you have somebody that's hooked up to you, the word says two 
is better than one. How good? You got a, you got, you can put a thousand to flight, but you got 10,000 coming at you. You need somebody that can knock the other nine back. That's why Christians fail, especially Word of Faith. And we come out of Word of Faith. I came out of Baptist, and then I came out of Word of Faith. I'm not Word of Faith anymore because, and I, you can't, you can't say I'm not, but I mean I've adjusted because I believe that Word of Faith, my main complaint with them is they're waiting on the gift to come. Well, Brother Doodad's coming and he's gonna, he has a healing gift. And we're all gonna come to church and get healed. And that happened back in the 50s in the revival, the healing revival, when God jump-started. He put the defibrillators on the body of Christ and boom, we jumped up off the table and we started beating our heart again. And healing came back into the body of Christ. But that's not what he's principally doing. The gift of healing works when you are in believing faith. In other words, you are in, you're just going in there with no gift and you're saying be healed in Jesus' name and then the gift of faith or the gift of, gifts of healing come in at that time and go further than you could go. But it's not just a man that comes to town and everybody flocks in there. The plan of God now is to make every believer a healer. So where me and Deborah Ann or me and Garland or me and Justin can go to anybody's house. And they're on the edge of death. And together, let me show you that in James. Turn with me to James chapter 5. Since we went there, we'll just, we'll just go there. You go, this is a little picky. Picky, picky, picky. I, I believe Jesus went to the cross and I'm born again. And that's, you know, picky, picky, picky. Yeah. Healed, healed. Prosper, prosper. Trouble-free, trouble-free. Yeah, a little picky. The differences are tremendous. It says in James chapter 5, y'all know this verse, but let's look at it like it's written. It says in verse 14, is any sick among you? So he's talking to the church here, and he says, church, is there any sick among you? Well, in any church, any setting of believers or non-believers, but this is believers, there's always somebody that'll say, man, I got, I got sinus pressure, or I got a stomach thing, or I got an infection. Any sick among you, let him, here's the answer, let him, 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 not waiting for the pastor to call and say, hey, I heard you were in the hospital. This happens to me so much. And it makes me so not happy because we're not following protocol. They're mad at me because I didn't know in my prayer time that they were in the hospital. Oh, pastor hadn't got much because I've been here two days and he hadn't picked up on it. And I'm sure Holy Ghost has told him I'm in here dying. No. I was thinking about what that good supper was last night. Man, she cooked those meatballs and we had cantaloupe that was just right. We had strawberry ice cream. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about whether you're in the hospital or not, because you got a telephone. <laughs> Is any sick among you? Let him, him the sick, call for who? Who, who, who? Tell me. Elders. That would be at least two. See, we've missed it. I've missed it. I have loaded my little wagon up and gone into many a setting by myself. Because it was just me. But I should have waited. I should have waited. 
because I left that place and nothing happened a lot of times. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them, there's that word them, pray over him the sick, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. It says prayer of faith will save the sick. The agreement of faith shall save the sick. We ought to do that. Y'all, it's a little picky. It's a little unhandy. Ah, Joe's golfing. I don't really want to bother him to go save this person from going uh, to, to the grave. I'll just go ahead and call him. It'll be okay. Call the elders of the church. Now, who's an elder? You've got to ask yourself, who's the elders? Is that somebody special? Well, let's go back. It says, let them pray over him, anointing and the prayer of faith. Elders are somebody that can pray the prayer of faith. Can you pray the prayer of faith? If you are, the Bible qualifies you as an elder. Well, I'm just 28 years old. Yea, verily. I tell you all all the time. There's, there's old fools. They're older than some dirt. But they don't even know for sure they're born again. They sure can't pray any prayer of faith. And then there's some 28 years old. When I got the Holy Ghost at 28, almost 28, 27. In my 20s. I was a fireball. Were you a fireball when you got the Holy Ghost? I was a fireball. I was just looking for anything. And I didn't know anything. I was greener than the grass in the field. I was so green. I was dangerous. But the devil was afraid of me. And so the elder is someone that can pray the prayer of faith. Get yourself where you can pray the prayer of faith. God cannot send you. You may go, but he cannot send you until you can get with somebody and together agree, this person's coming out of here. It's quiet in this river church. We've got to pray the prayer of faith. And to do that, you've got to sit under the Word. To do that, you've got to study healing. You've got to work stuff out. Well, Aunt Nelda... She said she believed in healing, and yet she died. What was that all about? Well, maybe God doesn't heal everybody. Maybe he lets somebody in his own plan and wisdom go, go on into eternity. Maybe he needed a rose for his garden. If you believe that junk, you can't raise the dead. You can't pray the prayer of faith. you got to be able to go in there and say, we're getting this. That was so good. I'm so proud of that. Well, sometimes you just got to agree on stuff that's in the Word when there's no evidence that it's working. Listen to me. Sometimes you just got to agree with somebody that it's true because it's in the Word and there's no power. No power available. You don't sense any power. Don't sense any power. Like, we both prayed for him. We told him to raise up and there he is. You just got to believe. Because then, after you pray when you release your faith with no power the power then follows your faith and it will happen this is a hard message I think for y'all in Ephesians chapter 5 y'all got room for just a little more here I want to pound this into you because I found, the Lord told me this is important 
So I'm going to bring it to you. We need each other more than we knew. We've got to be closer than just sitting in the pew or the row next to somebody. we got to spend time with one another, whoever the Lord leads you to or directs you. Sure, your husband, your wife, that'd be the best. That'd be the best. But it's not the only one. It says where two or three is gathered. It says in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as unto the Lord. Well, now, we'll just stop just for a second and get that word submit out of the way. Because it, it seems like Paul is saying something that we, we, we can't abide. The word submit there means submit to the cornerstone. A cornerstone is just where you draw the lines from. When they laid off the cornerstone of the White House back in the uh, 17, late 1700s, they just started with one spot. They actually, it's not right, but they actually had the Masons come and they set the cornerstone. It's just this corner, northeast corner, southwest corner, they set the stone and everything is measured from that stone. It's, it's 140 feet this way, it's 700 feet that way, whatever. It's from that stone. All this means is, is the cornerstone is the one that's first among equals in a relationship. It just means we're going to measure from you. Husband and wife's in the marriage, it means we're going to get together and we're going to go as far as we can. We're going to hammer it out. We're going to get in agreement. We're going to harmonize. We're going to have everybody's interests at heart. We're going to knock down anything that's elitist or... or, or uh, 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 macho or, or you know I'm, I'm the husband I'm the we're going to get rid of all that and then we're going to come to a place where he administers as the cornerstone we're going to measure from here we're going to raise our kids this way we're going to raise them in church or we're going to whatever whatever he's the cornerstone Jesus is the cornerstone we measure everything from him he's not he well, is he Lord? I hope so. Because he's the cornerstone. We're measuring everything. It doesn't mean that I have to do anything different. It just means I'm going to measure my life from him. But I'm going to have to do the living. I'm going to have to do the doing. I'm going to have to do the changing. Because he's the cornerstone. I'm going to measure from him. So here he goes. He says um, in verse 22, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. The same as unto the Lord. Well, we missed that little part. You know, the only verse some men know is, wives, submit yourselves to your husband. That's the only verse they know. That's John 3.16, isn't it? Something like that. <laughs> For the husband is the head of the wife, and if even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now let's go down to verse 28. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. Well, I'm not proud of my body, but it's, since it's the only one I got, I'm real proud of it. I can't be proud of somebody else's body if I have to live in this one. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever hateth his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. 
For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and two shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So right there you have a joining, a unity. It's very, very powerful. Now, uh, in Ephesians 4, slip back one page or so, and look in verse 14. Here we talk, uh, uh, talking about the fivefold ministry, and then he goes into the body of Christ. He said in verse 14, We henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and the, their cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together. So we have a pattern here. The husband and the wife are submitted to each other, and no man hateth his own flesh, but loveth his own flesh, and loves his wife as he loves his own flesh, so they're fitly joined. Here it says that that uh, the two may be one, and in verse 16, uh, fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint supplieth. And he goes into that and he says, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase. Two can put 10,000 to flight. Maketh increase under the edifying of itself in love. So uh, every part's working together. We're fitly joined. So when River Church comes together and we agree, and I know y'all, we didn't vote on it. It doesn't work that way. Where The reason we don't vote on natural things is splits churches. I know you may think this is weird, but a king doesn't, he doesn't vote. And I'm not a king, but I'm just saying we don't vote, but we do diligently pray. But if, if we have a vote and somebody publicly votes no, when the rest of the church is voting yes, they lose face. Y'all hear what I'm saying? In other words, somebody's unspiritual in this room because God's, God's got his mind made up. He knows which way's going. And uh, 18 out of 20 said we, we should do this or we should do that. And the two said, no, we don't think so. We got into this when we sold Harvest Church. The whole church, the whole church said yes. Oh, God's, God has fell on us. This, this River Church business is going to sell us this church. And they're going to finance practically the whole thing with no cosigns, no, uh, we just put a little money down and move in and make payments, and then in two and a half years later, refinance it. It was a bird nest on the ground. It still is. But there was two people that had been burned. Y'all know the Lord of the Harvest has history. You know, they had, they got burned. They got hurt. Some people did. I don't know, but they, they, they got burned. Somebody got burned. Well, this is two people out of that. I understand i got to throw this tape away because I'm talking about all this, but I'm trying to make a point. Those two stood in the way. And they got up and just cranked on the other. There was a big congregation, 150 people. Everybody said, yes, of course. God, it's shown on us. But two said, no, we won't go. And they were the, what we call in Texas, the burr under the saddle. It hurt. And so they wouldn't move in their democratic society. They wouldn't move because these two guys threatened to... Uh, do whatever church members that aren't happy threaten to do. Whatever they do, they threaten that. And so it went on and it went on and it went on. Well, there was no power coming out of that church. Y'all hear me? 
There was no power. Agreement is the place of power. There was no. They could have had a consensus that says, we will move as one man. We will move as one, and it'll be one voice speaking. But nope, we had squeakers over here in the corner that had been burned, and they were afraid, and all sorts of things. And they all showed them financially and logistically and how this was the answer, and there was no other answer, and this was it. And it, got, it, got, it just about split the church. The reason we don't vote on little stuff is because people that vote against it, they can't save face. When it when it goes and it's good, which that church over there has gone, they're getting somebody born again all the time. They're going into the the, the whole community over there that goes to Pickens, and they're just they're just tearing it up. I'm so proud of them. And y'all know who's in their downline? River Church. Every good thing they do, the Lord says. Yeah, we're going to give you an override. We get an override for everything they do because we made a way where there was no way. Because of their history, no bank would touch them. It happens all the time. But we did because the Lord had paid off that church so we could finance them. We could because it was all ours, so we did. And, and there's $89,000 worth of interest coming off of that note in the two and a half years. is what we're gonna earn for just saying, okay, we don't need any money right now. We're not in the mood to buy. I don't think the Lord wants us to buy anything right now. Look around, it's not, it wouldn't be wisdom to buy. So if we had all the money in the world, we wouldn't want to build something new. Are y'all getting this? And so we don't, we don't vote on stuff. That church just looms in my mind that couldn't decide on the church carpet. So they had purple up to the middle of the aisle, and they had gold up to the middle of the aisle. And, and any bride married there, she went, down, she went down on the purple side, and her father went down on the gold side. It's just crazy. We just avoid strife. We just find out what God wants. It's not hard to hear Him. It's not hard to hear Him. Do you hear from God? Well, we all hear from God. And then we just, we just don't vote on stuff that's, that's it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where we meet. Well, I don't like it where we meet. Well, you need to pray. You need to find out, does God, has God put you here? Because somebody's going to have to drive to River Church. I remember the, the, uh, the McDaniels. They lived over at Coker. Well, they drove all the way over here because they heard Debbie speak on TV one time, and they loved it. So they came, and they joined the church, and they were driving all the way over here. Well, then, you know, we moved to Coker. We were practically in their front yard. They're practically walking to church. So they drove and then they didn't drive. Somebody has to drive. The Smiths drive 70 miles. And I said, Barry, they say that you won't last. He said, ah. He's the only one that knew before y'all because they were going out of town. I said, we're looking at a property. He said, well, he listened, he listened, he listened. He said, well, pastor, whatever you say, I'm in. Me and Melissa are in. We are, we are in so... He said, you can't even wiggle because we're in so close. Y'all, we just all need to be those kind of members where Jesus is the cornerstone. And we don't really want to be the cornerstone. I don't want to be the cornerstone. I'm just not that big. I'm way off the subject. My, but my point is still true. That fitly joined together... Let me read it with you, with you again. It says in verse 16... Fitly joined together, and then it says, Maketh increase of the body. That's what that verse says. 
fitly joined together maketh increase of the body. One more scripture. Can y'all go one more scripture? 1 Corinthians 6, and I'll quit right here. I preached the whole thing over Jimson, but we're going to just take our time here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You know, the point's going to be on this. You can figure it out. We're supposed to be a little closer than we are. You know, they told me when I was uh, young that this was my father and my mother. I knew they were real handy, and I knew they were always bringing in groceries. And that was always good to be in a house where they bring in groceries and take you to school and buy clothes and stuff. But you know, I had no proof they were my parents. They had to tell me, we're your parents. And this is your brother. Really? Can we have a revote? Can we have a reload? You know, is he adopted? Sure, tell me he's adopted. Tell me I'm adopted. I still tell him that. One of us is adopted and I don't care. Uh, you don't get to choose your family. You just, you just, you just show up and they're there. They're like, they're there and you, they might be just like you or they might be a hundred miles from you, but they're your family. And family is mandatory friendship. You have to be friends with your family. Not everybody takes that option, but it is mandatory. If you can't get along with your brother and sister, then really something's wrong, even, even if it's all their fault. You gotta be trying. Well, it says here in 1 Corinthians 6, 6, 17, read it with me together, verse 17, ready, read. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Now let's put it in first person. But I that am joined unto the Lord am one spirit. Now that's what the word says. We are joined to the Lord. We are one spirit. Just like we read in Ephesians where it says a man and a woman coming together become one flesh. When we come together in the new birth experience, we become one spirit. Now that word joined is really powerful. It means glued. It means to stick. It means to cleave. It means to keep company. So you can't get unborn again. People are like, oh man, I made a bad mistake. I'm, I don't know if I'm saved or not. And our Baptist, I mean our local churches, a lot of them facilitate that by having you come up and rededicate. Well, you need to rededicate because you're backslid or you're not saved. It just it promotes us not knowing who we are to always be rededicated. No, what we need to do is just be taught to repent of our sin. Repent. Get clean again. You don't have to go in front of everybody and say, candy bars were on sale, six for a dollar, and I got seven and just paid a dollar. I need to get rededicated Sunday morning. Now you need to repent for just, you know, for eating too many candy bars. Hallelujah. Now verse, look at verse 17. Verse 18, excuse me. Why would this be here? Flee fornication. Look, look, look. It says, He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Does that seem a little odd to put that there? Does that seem like, uh, you know, you're telling people to, to act sexually responsibly right after you give them a, a, a theological dissertation about who you are in the Lord? Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Well, until you learn what that word fornication means. It's got a bad connotation, and it is bad. But the word literally means, uh, in context, it means 
unstuck. Joined means stuck. Fornication means unstuck. It means unjoined. It means to split company. So we have this uh, marriage ceremony that says, and it quotes the word that says, uh, 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 if anybody here has an objection, let him speak now. For whom God is joined together, let no man put asunder. Let nobody fornicate. Let nobody unjoin. It's the same same word. Ah, fornication. It, it is a nasty word. It is a you know a, a, a bad word. But but the word just means to be unstuck. So what we have here is we have people that get unjoined from the family that God's joined them to. They just get mad. Well, my five. They get their their feathers ruffled. They get their they they get a a, a burr under their saddle. They get. You hurt my feelings. You, we had a vote, and I voted no, and everybody voted yes, and I'm embarrassed, and I'm leaving. It happens all the time, but it should never happen. You all agree divorce should never happen? If you go through counseling and you go through the tests of whether you should marry this man or marry this woman, you straighten some stuff out, you, 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 you get to the bottom of or the end of that man or that woman, you find out what everybody's doing, and then you, you say, let's get this to make a symphony. You're playing the clarinet. You're playing the trumpet. Let's make us a symphony here. Let's let's put these two instruments together and marry y'all and become one flesh, become joined, cleave, glue. Well, it's the same thing in the church. We're supposed to be glued together. You don't just you don't just shack up. That's what the church does right now. We just shack up. We just fornicate. We just we just come in, and if it suits us, we're there for two years. Then if it unsuits us one day. The Lord's decision be be uh, disregarded, I'll say, discarded. And we're just going to leave and just take our business somewhere. Debbie's grandfather always said he would, he'd get his feathers in a ruffle because we didn't uh, treat him just right, he said. And he'd say, I'll take my tithe down the road, he told me. <laughs> it's $113 a month. <laughs> this thing will fold up if I leave. Oh, it was a mess. It was a mess. I deal with this all the time. It's called fornication. Where you leave your place of agreement, your place of power, your place of life, your place... I didn't choose my brothers. I don't even really care for either of them, in the truth of stuff. I really like one of them now, but we've been through times. Y'all have brothers and sisters you've been through times? And if you could have, you would have divorced them. You would have come unglued, unstuck, uncleaved. You would have fornicated them. Oh, that sounds nasty. But I'm just telling you, that's the same word. But you didn't. Why? Because you can't divorce. You can't, you can't undo with family. And you can't undo with who God joins you with. So you've got to find somebody that you can join with because decision, or excuse me, agreement is your only place of power. You'll die prematurely if you don't have someone that can stand with you that when you fall, they can pick you up. When you're cold, they can come in and warm you up. Where, where, where you're about to die, they can breathe life into you, the Word of God. I hope I didn't offend you this morning by these words, but, but it is the Bible. It does say that, and that's what it does mean. It says we're supposed to stick together. Is it easy? Never. But steal, kill, and destroy is the alternative. And he's ruthless. The devil is never merciful, never compassionate. He can't wait to string you up and disembowel you, gut you, and then throw your carcass out on the pit. 
That's exactly how he thinks. He'll take your babies, he'll take your marriage, he'll take your mama, he'll take everybody and everything that's loose, that's unprotected, that doesn't have an alliance to keep it strong. He'll take you and throw you out. Not just so he can get rid of Christians, just so he won't have let them go to heaven. What does he care if we go to heaven? What he wants is he wants a reputation that God can't protect his own. He wants us to all believe you never know what God's going to do. You never know what rose God's going to ask for. You never know what if God's going to come through. He loves that. It's his place of power. But I tell you, if any two agree on earth, he's in the midst of us. Let Call the elders. Call two or more elders. Get them in there, and if they pray the prayer of faith, everything is changed. It's done. The prayer of faith by its very nature means it's done, it's finished, it can't be undone. That's what it means, but we just don't have any of it. Our experience in that is just, you have to go far and wide to find somebody that can pray the prayer of faith. Can you pray the prayer of faith? I hope you can. Because the days are coming, and they just started this week, this month, where we're, the door has opened for us at River Church to pray the prayer of faith and raise them up. Lord told us years ago, He said, I'm going to... Uh, uh, Notable miracles. He said, I'm going to bring notable miracles into, at that time, it was Word of Life. Notable miracles just means people change their mind about a lot of things because of what just happened. We read this morning, she read this, we heard this morning about legs growing out. Well, that blows, that blow a lot of people out of the, that blow them away. You, what do you mean you grew a leg out? But we've seen it here. Have y'all seen it here? We've seen it here. It's not even a big deal. Pastor Buzzy said, ah. If that's all you can do, you you just got a learner's permit. <laughs> if that's all you can do is grow out a leg. He said, that's the easiest thing there is because it's already in the body of Christ. And the day that AIDS was healed, he said, now that's in the body of Christ. Well, there's some stuff that's in the body of Christ we need to be able to handle. So we don't care a lot about buildings, but in that, the Lord's going to give us a good building. Now, I'm not, I'm not lusting or envying or desiring their church but I know the Lord's got a good place for us. And they got a chapel that'll seat, uh, it's got 24 pews of at least 10. And if you were friendly, you could get 12. If you were family, you could get six. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just know. If he said in John, and he said this, and I'll quit. He said, behold, I go and prepare a place for you. Why, Lord? That where I am, you, there you may be also. If he goes and prepares a place for us in heaven, he's got a building for us on earth. He'd just be wrong to think that he, he just couldn't pay attention that long to have us a place. This is right what we were doing this year. The money was no big deal. But when the grace for it's over, you better get out. And I told you all this summer, something's coming, something's happening. And then all of a sudden here it was. Well, I'm going to quit with that. I will say this, um, the key of the devil, y'all listen to this before I quit, the, the goal of the devil is to separate you from somebody that, has the, that gives you exponential power. If you have somebody in your life that can make you put 10,000 to flight, the devil's after that relationship. Why wouldn't he be? There's nothing else you've got. 
your talent to sing, your ability to, to uh, uh, all the things that we could say, that's what the devil's after. No, he's only after who makes you tenfold stronger. Now I want to tell you, I'll just tell you this before we go. I am with you. Every member of this church, I am your partner. You need more than me in the sense of I'm just the pastor and I'm going to but you can call me and I am there. I am your partner. Besides your spouse, besides your prayer chain person, I am there. You don't have to go get another one. But we're not hooked up enough. A lot of us are not hooked up enough to know. I don't even know where you live or whatever. You got to find somebody and say, "God, I need I need someone that can agree with me, harmonize with me, because I don't want to ever fall and not be able to get up. Amen. Father, we thank you today for the word. We ask you to grow the word in each of us, to speak to us about these things, whether they be so. Lord, to explain it to us. What does that mean to me? What does that mean to my tomorrow? Who does that mean to me, Lord? We need answers if this is true. Lord, I trust you that you're going to take us to the next level. And it'll be simple, it'll be easy, it will not be hard, it'll be just sliding through. I thank you, Lord, you told us years ago that you were giving us property, and you said it would, we wouldn't have to lift a finger, finger to get it. I trust you for that word, Lord, property is ours. We claim it, Lord, for River Church. We need our own place to, to win Tuscaloosa County to take Alabama into a move of God. We thank you, Lord, for helping us now with these keys. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you. appreciate you, Miss Deborah and I are praying for you. We're believing God for you. But now next Sunday, if you come here, bring your best voice because it's all just going to be singing. <laughs> you won't have me helping you along in your music. Now, Barry and Melissa are on the beach. There is no talking them out of it. I've already talked to them, and they said, we're here, and we're not, we're not leaving until our time. So I don't know what kind of music we'll have next week. We may have a hymnal. <laughs> I hope not. But uh, I don't know what the sounds like with Barry out of town. I don't know what the video is going to be. Out. Anyway, we're going to put 55s up. These are 40, 43s or 5s or something. We're going to put 55s up. We need children's church. We need that painted. Or not. But anyway, we got to move all this stuff over there. So if y'all, I told you that I was going to hire it done, and I'm hiring everything done that I can. We had uh, we had the pressure washer guy come, took care of it. We had the uh, the uh, landscaper, he come and took care of it, and he's coming back next week to completely, we're just going to say whatever it takes to get it beautiful. We got a painter, he's working there. Uh, we got electricians hired, all that, all that stuff's good. We got our little shed, we moved it Monday morning. I talked to them Sunday afternoon. Monday morning, we had a truck under the shed and setting it down in there on the pavement. We got the best thing about that church is the parking lot. We got the best looking parking lot. We got a good parking lot. <laughs> anyway, y'all go by it. It's across the street from uh, Spring Hill Suites and you'll enjoy it. And we'll be there all week. So if you want to come by and look at it or, you know, I'm going to have a bowl of brushes right there at the door. So when you come in, Amen. Bye-bye.